Hello and welcome back to UK Column. I'm delighted today to be able to welcome Susan Mason. And as everybody knows, well, as I hope you do know, I'm Debbie Evans and I'm the nursing correspondent for UK Column. Now, Susan Mason has been talking to our education seminar that some of you may not have seen, but we had lots of comments to bring her back. And the reason that we're bringing her back and we're delighted to receive her back is because we want to be asking what is going on behind school doors? Do you know what's going on with your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews? What are your children being taught behind those school doors? And more importantly, who is teaching them? Do you know? Now, Susan Mason founded Schoolgate campaign back in 2019 to bring awareness about sex education and how relationship education was entering our schools. And she's done an awful lot of work on this. And I think that this interview is going to be incredibly important for everybody to share because we really do need to know what is going on behind school doors and we would like to tell you. So without further ado, let me welcome Susan, who's hopefully going to answer many of those questions. And Susan, please give us a, a brief introduction into yourself and how you started the campaign and what made you start the campaign to ask those vital questions that we all need to know the answers to. Oh, thank you, Debbie, for having me today. Um, yes, uh, it does go back quite a few years now, I suppose. Um, uh, I became aware of issues to do with sex education um, and that there were some abuses going on in schools to do with that. Um, there was a publication of a booklet by um, the Christian Institute called Too Much Too Young, and uh, I think the sort of the second half of that book has a lot of examples of programs and um, content in programs that are, were in use at that time. And I have no reason to believe that that has changed. Um, and then I learned later on that there was a new legislation going to be um, debated and was eventually passed. And that was the Relationships and Sex Education Regulations. Um, and they came in 2019. Um, and th that sort of expanded the reach of the state as to what they would be telling uh, our children and other people's children about um, sex, sexuality and gender. Um, and I was very concerned because um, it seemed that parents weren't necessarily going to be made aware, although in the legislation itself it does require that schools consult with parents about this. Um, in reality, um, there certainly schools weren't even aware that they needed to, to do that. Um, there were others that sort of watered it down to a sort of engagement and just telling parents what they were going to do. Um, and if, if there was sort of any pushback or objection by the parents in some schools, um, that was uh, ignored, even if, um, in the legislation itself, it was saying that, you know, it needed to be appropriate for the age of the children. And the parents were saying, no, this is not appropriate for the age of my child. I don't want them being taught this at this stage. Um, or they had um, a, a religious concern. 
um, which is also covered in the regulations. Um, there must be teaching mindful of the, um, the religious background of the pupil itself. So we've had um, quite a few issues. The early adopters took things up in September 2019. So there were hundreds of schools that um, started teaching RSC at that, that point. And um, formally, it was uh, to start in uh, September 2020. Then because of um, the COVID restrictions and schools being closed some of that time and, and so forth, that was actually extended for a, a second year. So effectively, in theory, all schools have consulted parents about ROC as of the end of last academic year. Um, but we are continuing to hear of you know problems and issues, and, and in fact there have been uh, legal cases as well, um, and and uh, uh, requests for a um, several requests for judicial review. And one is ongoing in Wales at the moment. That's a, that's a different um, legislation. It's a, a sim similar. It's going in the same direction. Susan, now um, for everybody watching and listening, uh, Susan's got an amazing website with uh, a toolkit, loads of resources, loads of information, um, and we'll put all of that in the article beneath um, this interview. But Susan, what I want to, to ask, and I, and I actually know the answer and I'm completely shocked, is how old are these children? when they're taught. Now, I believe there's a different regulation in Wales, and we've seen a lot of activity amongst uh, parent groups in Wales, but there's a slightly different age group depending on the country, isn't there? So, and also, what kind of examples, what are our children being taught? I mean, just some examples that you've heard of. The, uh, the RSC um, education is from the age of four. Uh, it is from... Um, uh, uh, yeah, the first year in school. And um, I have to say with sex education, and this has always been the case, um, there is an absolute right of parents to withdraw their child um, from lessons, should they choose to. Now, that said, um, do the parents know that the sex ed is being taught? They're not necessarily told about it, nor are they taught about their right to withdraw their child. Um, and similarly, in second in secondary school, there is now, it used to be an absolute right to withdraw, it is now a right to request withdrawal in secondary schools. Um, but what happens with introducing relationships education is that, um, arguably, that's where um, same-sex relationships would be covered, for example, which, of course, um, if it's to do with sexuality, is, in fact, a sex ed um, issue but so it's muddying the waters by putting it under another name or, or you know even further in under health or, or one of these other titles but in fact the law is the same that um, anything to do with sex education um, whether it's badged that way or not and whatever um, uh, subject it turns up in parents have an absolute right to withdraw their child from sex ed in, in primary and to request that withdrawal in, in uh, secondary up to a certain age, up until um, just before 16. Um, so, but as I say, many parents aren't aware that it's being taught or that they have that right. Um, now, with relationships education, if it's classified as that, there is no right to withdraw. Um, and that's from the age of four. Um, examples that um, we've come across uh, in the early stages, there was a um, program called All About Me, 
And this was being recommended by the Warwickshire County Council to over 240 schools. And in that uh, programme, it encourages self-stimulation for infants, children. And it took the threat of legal action to make the council withdraw its recommendation to schools. Um, so it was successful in that level. We have no, um, we, we don't know if schools then changed anything, but we know that um, the council no longer recommends it. Um, a Birmingham teacher was told, uh, told a mother that there was actually none of her business what was being taught to her child in the school. And that is, that's actually breaking the law. There was an example uh, of a mother in Hull who was outraged, and this was during the lockdown times, that she found out um, pornography research and other sexuality homework had been given to her 11-year-old child. Um, schools have been loaned, attacked unlawfully and pu push a problematic ideological agenda. The Educate and Celebrate programme, which is like a third-party programme that is often used by schools, is not neutral. It actually aims, it's got a stated aim to smash heteronormativity, as it's called, as they call it. And the No Outsiders programme, um, which was protested by, uh, in Birmingham in 2019, um, and attracted a lot of media attention on that, uh, is based on a, a government, as in taxpayer-funded project, to do with queering the primary classroom. So those to, to, to challenge sexuality and gender. Um, there are some head teachers who refused to listen to parents' complaints on so Heavers Farm Primary School in Croydon. Um, children were forced from the age of four to participate in LGBT pride celebrations against many parents' wishes. Um, we've also had the outrage um, in the Hollymount Primary School um, last year where a drag queen uh, was invited in to entertain, in, in inverted commas, educate uh, five to nine-year-olds, and that included sort of a provocative dance and, and so forth. So um, these are just some examples of um, the things that have actually happened in schools. So it's important to understand that um, we've got we've got three levels here really. We've got we've got the legislation, um, which in itself, at first reading, you'd say is probably fairly innocuous. There's 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 probably one thing that you'd, I'd question in it, but um, then you've got a raft of the government guidance, um, uh, most of which is is neutral. Some of it's helpful, but a lot of it's not helpful. And um, if schools do not understand that they do not they're not obliged actually to follow any of the guidance they may need to have an um an ex, um a reason why they are not um following particular guidance but there are they uh, it's not law basically the gu the guidance is not law so we've got um the legislation itself we've got the guidance and then we've got what's actually happening um in the field and in the schools themselves and that can be different again, as um, you know, I've, I've um, illustrated with those examples. Susan, um, statutory guidance has always been my, my big bugbear um, in the way that I don't believe that the words statutory and guidance should go together. Um, they don't seem to match. And as you've quite rightly said, they're not law. Um, we've covered many times on UK Column um, the drag queens going into primary schools and other educational establishments. 
Um, when parents send their children to school, and you know, I'm a mum, I'm a grandmum, when our children walk through those school doors, generally now those school doors are locked. Back in my day, parents could come and go and pop in and see the receptionist or what, but now there's locks. So your children are behind locked doors. Are parents being allowed into any of these sessions with their children? Are they being allowed to see the material that their children are being taught? Can they access it online as it's part of the, in inverted commas, curriculum? Can parents actually get their hands on this material to see what their what their children are being taught behind those locked school doors which invariably once the child's in school unless school have given permission for the child to leave they're there until pickup time so can we get that information um well the law requires that each school um decide how they're going to fulfill the requirements of the legislation uh, in conjunction with a consultation with parents um so, as I say, this may or may not actually happen, and and it may take different forms. There are so potentially there are as many RSC deliveries of um, content as there are schools in the country. Um, that said, um, in the guidance, one of the few helpful things is a recommendation about samples of the. Uh, what is going to be taught, and obviously the, mo the most sensitive is the most important, um, should be made available to parents. Uh, now that we've come across issues here because um, the samples will be selective and not the important ones, no samples are available, or um, because they are, the content is being provided by a third party, um, there are issues with copyright and the school said, well, we're actually not allowed to show you what's going to be taught to your child um, and because of copyright. And there was one lady, um, I think her surname is Paige, um, recently, uh, and she was invited. Well, I suppose what we could do is we could let you come in and have an eyeball, you know, have a look on the, on the desk, you know, flick through. Um, and, uh, you know, that should satisfy you. Um, but she knew her, her rights and the law well enough to know, well, actually, if I do that, I won't be able to take anything away. I won't be, and, and quite possibly there'll be some sort of non-disclosure thing. I won't be able to talk about it. So it's actually a way of shutting me down. Um, so we have all these um, complications. We certainly have people um, in uh, official capacity saying how this is a problematic and should not be happening, but it is happening. So um, parents are really, in some schools, I'm not saying all schools are delivering bad RSC by any, but I'm saying there is definitely an issue here where um, parents are not are being prevented from seeing what is actually being taught on very sensitive subjects to their children. And I think that's extremely worrying. Um, and in fact, everything that you're saying, I feel is extremely worrying. Um, the cascade of information that's obviously going into schools and, and it is similar really in, in my profession within nursing, within medicine, nobody's really quite sure of who they're seeing, what they're being told. And it seems now that parents, parents need to know what their children are being told. They need to be told what their children are being taught. And a, a subject close to my heart, many of our regular viewers and listeners will know, I have a special interest in special educational needs and I have a PG cert in autism. And currently one in 20 
children, or that was the latest statistic. We, I'm sure there it's a far higher uh, number now, but one in 20 within mainstream school are special educational needs, so therefore are deemed vulnerable. Susan, have you um, heard from any parents as to the effects of what happens when a child comes home from school after they've been taught? We don't know what they're being taught, but are they bringing home any material? Are any of them expressing concern or anxiety or maybe some of them are being told not to speak to their parents about what they're being told? What are the effects that we're seeing on children? And I believe the age limit in Wales, is it? Is it three years old in Wales and four years old in England? But what are the effects on our children? Um, well, there, there are different effects. Um, I think with some children, they are coming home and questioning, and this is what happened with the No Outsiders programme. Um, where a child told her, um, so I don't know if it's his or her mother, you know, I can, I can have two, you can have two mummies and two daddies. That was the first that um, that parent knew about it. Um, in other cases, they can actually be so traumatised that they won't actually say anything. Um, so, uh, you know, I know of a child in sort of year six who in the whole uh, mixed class was shown a video um, where the children were sort of, covering their eyes and looking away it's a sex ed video um and um when when she went back home um she told her parents about other aspects of the sex ed day but not that so um you know you, this is can be a result of you know trauma that, that's actually so, so the kids will not always um speak up about it what are teachers doing about this? I mean, are you hearing anything from teachers? Because, I mean, who is teaching this? I mean, I know from experience with regards to special educational needs that teachers aren't taught, they maybe get half a day during their teacher training on special educational needs. What kind of, are these mainstream teachers that are teaching this sex ed and relationship training or are we outsourcing this training to anybody and if so who well certainly as i say schools choose how they're going to fulfill the requirements of the regulation on a one uh, on a case-by-case basis um so there will certainly be some in-house provision and i remember one interviewer saying she was very pleased about how they chose to deliver um uh, their education they were going to talk about this in primary school they're going to talk about fish to do with reproduction um but um yeah Teachers, understandably, are not feeling this is their area of expertise. Um, so there is a huge industry out there um, of these third-party providers. Now, these third-party providers are not experts in child development. Uh, and that's what they need to be, actually. Um, so there's no guarantee that the programmes that these people produce and bring into the classroom are going to be actually appropriate for the age and stage of the children and, and this age appropriate term is fiercely contested because while the state is saying this is the age and stage your child should have this and they're doing that kind of through the schools and through these uh, organizations um, parents are saying no that is not my child is not at the age and stage where i wish for them to do that and i know them personally that's it's not the right time to be introducing these um, these things to them. Uh, so yes, we, we have a, a bit of a dog's dinner here in England about that. 
you actually send out leaflets, don't you? You say to parents, if you want leaflets to, to hand out to friends, family, we will send them to you because you're so desperate to get awareness to all of this. And I think, to be fair, many parents don't know about this. They're not aware about it. They're not hearing about it on mainstream media. They're not hearing about it in their newspapers. Um, for anybody watching this video, I think it's really important that you share it. Please share it with parents because parents will want to know. Every parent wants to know what their child is being taught. Every parent has a right to know what their child is being taught. And every parent has a choice because at the end of the day, um, every parent has that choice whether to educate their child in those issues themselves or not. So what can parents do in simple steps? I mean, without going down the legal route, and I'm sure we'll get into what parents' legal rights are, but in the first instance, you know, you hear at the school gate, oh, by the way, my son or my daughter in maybe the year above has had this education. It's coming down to your child in their year. What does a parent do? Do they go and talk to the head teacher? Do they speak to the, the board of governors? Where's their first step of communication? Who do they inquire to? And what can they expect to be told? Well, um, the law requires that um, a, a policy uh, for RSE needs to be put together and that it needs to be consulted on um, between uh, the, the, te the teachers and the parents. So that, that's the law. This policy um, needs to be made available to anyone who asks for it. And that, does, that means anyone, not just someone who has a child at the school. Uh, generally, these policies are on the website. I mean, not, not always, but these days, that's usually where you would find them. So if you wanted to, if a person wanted to know about a particular school, uh, the, the first step would probably be to look at the website, look at the policy for RSE. Um, and a policy is not, there's not a bunch of lesson plans, but a, the policy will give an indication of the leaning of the school, how family friendly, how traditionally family friendly they actually are. Um, you know, how good they look like they are with safeguarding and, and so forth. Um, so that's your, your first step. As a parent in the school then, um, uh, if there's something that's actually come up from a, 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 um, a class, then initially you would take it up with the teacher and then probably escalate through to um, the head teacher and then and then the governors if, if you're really not getting any satisfaction um, lower down. Um, are there any exemptions, Susan? Um, are, are there because I know that when we've previously spoken, we've spoken about religious um, um, exclusion. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? The regulations themselves um, say that the, the teaching must have in mind the religious background of the people. That, that's it, really. Um, now, uh, and that's actually been ignored quite a lot <laughs> in the examples that we've we've seen. Um, but going back further, we have, of course, the Human Rights Act uh, of 1998, uh, which states, um, paraphrasing it, that parents have the right to receive education for their children that is in accordance with their own um, religious and philosophical beliefs. So that, the Human Rights Act um, has not been repealed, neither has that section um, been amended. So this still stands. So we're seeing a lot of LBGTQ um, education 
being rolled out. Is there a legal requirement for that? Well, for primary school, which is what um, the Schoolgate campaign focuses on, there is no legal requirement um, to address any LGBT elements. Neither is there any requirement to teach the uh, Equalities Act. Um, there is um, a public sector um, equalities duty, I think it's called, um, uh, to make sure that you know you are protecting the you know the particular uh, named characteristics and also maintaining harmony between uh, individuals that may represent different characteristics in the class and in the school. Susan, are there any? You've been doing this work since two thousand and nineteen, uh, and please do go and look at Susan's website, and the link will be beneath, beneath this interview. Are there any schools rowing back against this? Who have you got supporting you? Is there anyone else or are you a lone voice? Um, because clearly every parent should be should be looking at your website and requesting some of your leaflets and supporting you because clearly this is really a subject where I, I, I genuinely believe that parents are not aware. So is there any good news on the horizon? Um, are there any schools rowing up, uh, rowing against this? Um, yes, we have had some uh, successes, definitely. Um, uh, yes, we have uh, sort of schools in uh, Bradford. What happens with the successful schools is, and you don't hear from them again <laughs> once they've they've got their win. They obviously they go away. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a lady um, a, a couple of weeks ago who was in a sort of consultation meeting with the school. And sort of armed with the information from uh, not only my website, but you know other other areas, she was able to say, no, what the school was saying was a load of rubbish. You know, we have to do this. We have to do that. No, you don't. It's not law. Um, and you know, there were other parents there who were very unhappy that they, they didn't have the information um, uh, to sort of just sort of stand up and and uh, let the school know. But um, yeah, it is there. And in fact, you know, as we've said, that you, the law is actually on the parents' side. Um, but it, it's only if you actually apply it to your situation, um, you know, that, that it has any worth. Uh, and that's uh, that's where things are often falling down. But yes, um, definitely, um, we, ha we have had um, su successes. And as far as other organisations are concerned, um, you can ask for uh, advice from a, an organisation called Parent Power. Um, this is parentpower.family. And also in and that's for general sex ed or uh, LGBT issues. And um, Safe Schools Alliance uh, has had some had some wins. Uh, they usually have to do it with uh, the threat of legal action, sadly, but um, they sort of pushed back against this um, sort of uh, transgender indoctrination and also transgender trend uh, would be good uh, to, to give advice. And as far as sort of good uh, and bad RSC um, uh, resources are concerned, you know, rather, you know, if, if the school were to be proposing, oh, well, we'd love to have this sex-wise um, uh, program, we think it's great, you say, well, actually, no, I, I prefer that you use a different one. There is um, uh, RSC review will give information about um, some of the programs that are already out there and the and you can have highlights of what may be good or bad about about them. I really want to highlight to everybody that um, on Susan's website um, is an amazing toolkit 
So there's loads of information that you can grab from that. And also, Susan, you do a blog as well, don't you? And you've been very successful in highlighting the work of Mermaid. And we've also, on UK Column, highlighted the work of mermaids. I wonder if you could just give us a little insight into your um, campaign to raise awareness with regards to the to them. Yes, it just I think it just got there was a deluge of um articles uh, in one particular time. I thought, yes, I need to write a blog about them. Um but yes, that they are um going into uh, talking to teachers, I believe, and training them and making them into um into mermaids, whether they like it or not, I think was <laughs> you know, um was the uh more or less the, the comment uh, on the end of one training when someone raised a question about it. Um so yeah, I, I don't have, don't try to have any particular interest in a you know particular organisation, but I will highlight if if it looks like there's there's quite a bit of activity um, and quite a bit of news over you know a, a certain organisation like Mermaids. Um, obviously, Stonewall, uh, they are taxpayer payer funded. Um, the good news about them is that um, a lot of um, government organisations and other organisations have withdrawn their membership of this of their, their champions. Stonewall Champions program, um, and uh, you know, overall, I think there's a sense that um, you know the public support is just not there. Um, so we we just need more of that to happen. And I'm hoping very much we've got an amazing, amazing audience, an incredible um, viewers and listeners, and I know that they will all share your website and share your work before i hand over to you for the last word um susan and i know that hopefully you'll agree to come back and talk to us again because there's so much more to explore and this is a very fast moving area so we need to keep our eyes on it because parents need to have the knowledge in which to con to consent for their children to receive an education. And clearly they're not getting this. And I think the big takeaway message is that parents, you don't have to put up with this and schools, you don't have to do this. So I think the information has been absolutely fascinating, but horrifying. Um, Susan, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that children should be in the playground, socializing with each other, climbing trees, getting grubby, uh, going to parties and having fun and not learning about this agenda um, in this way, at this age, in this format, without any parental knowledge. So on that note, I'm going to thank you so much because I think this has been a shocking but very informative um, interview and one that people will hopefully share please go to Susan's website all the links will be beneath um, and on that note Susan thank you so much for agreeing to come to UK Column News and tell us all about this and I'll hand over to you for the last word thank you Susan. While all schools will um, not deliver bad RSC significant issues have already emerged with a teaching about sex, sexuality and gender. Other groups quite rightly might continue to lobby the government with sound uh, research and other evidence that demonstrates that this approach to RSC is not best for our children. But experience indicates that these actions alone will not change the direction our nation is going in. Only grassroots action will make the difference.
So Schoolgate campaign is looking for people, especially parents who care enough about children to count the cost, sharing information and standing up for them. The government, or shall we say nanny state, ignored the results of the public RSC consultation, which was overwhelmingly negative to proposals. Sound mainstream child development expertise is often ignored Therefore, curriculum content cannot be guaranteed to be appropriate for the age and stage of the children. Parental rights enshrined in the Human Rights Act uh, have been ignored. So the state is actually breaking the law. And religious rights, including the protection of a religious characteristic in the Equalities Act, uh, has been ignored, making it in fact the Inequalities Act. The nanny state has ignored many concerns of those promoting the health and well-being of children when they voice concerns about the ill-advised nature of this curriculum. So it's up to us then. It's important that parents, teachers and all those concerned about the well-being of children take a stand to protect them from confusion and premature sexualization in schools. Nanny does not know best.